As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. So there is such a thing as being led by the Holy Ghost. Praise the name of the Lord. Being led by the Holy Ghost. When you become born again, God gives you the Spirit of God. And one of the primary assignments of the Spirit of God in the life of a Christian is for that Spirit of God to lead the Christian. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, when you don't have the spirit, it means you can't be led by the spirit. But when you have the spirit, you can be led by the spirit. How do you get? Okay. So Ephesians 1.13, when you believe you're sealed with the spirit. Hallelujah. So when you believe in Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. Say, so I have the spirit of God. Now, the spirit of God comes to live in your spirit. A lot of times people think, where is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is in your spirit. Man is made up of three um, main elements. The spirit, uh-huh. the spirit, uh-huh, uh-huh. So the spirit, the soul, and the body. Now, the body is you, your physical self. Now, the one you see in the mirror, and then you say, oh boy, matter fresh. That is your body. Now, your soul refers to your cognitive self. Hallelujah. It refers to your, the soul is made up of three elements, your will, emotions, and intellect. Hallelujah. The soul talks about your your personality. What distinct you from others. Hallelujah. So there's nobody in this world that is like me. Hallelujah. The person may look like me physically. The person may have striking um, resemblance like myself. But then nobody is like in this world I am, I am me. There's nobody in this world that can ever be like me. Praise the name of the Lord. The way I do things, the way you may even copy or whatever, but I am distinct. In the same way, you are also distinct. God is a master creator. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. There's nobody in this world that is like you. There's nobody, there's nobody in this world that is like you. Hallelujah. Even if you are a twin, your twin is not like you. Come on. So that, that your personality so when we go out, we say we are going to win a soul. Alright? So it talks about we are going to win a person. Then there is the spirit. The spirit, the spirit, your spirit is that part of you that gives you a spirit self or a spirit consciousness. Hallelujah. It is that part of you that can relate with God. It is that part of you that can relate with the spirit. It is that part of you that can relate with the spiritual. Hallelujah. Now, when you 
are a man or I mean when you get born the world will train you the kind of training you will have will determine the kind of life you will live all right so if you are trained to be mindful of your body you will almost be ignorant of your soulish and spiritual self praise the name of the Lord so people people spend a lot of money I mean doing liposuctions you know they want to look good they are pumping their breasts, they are pumping their bottles, they are all kinds of rubbish, just so that their bodies will look attractive. Praise the name of the Lord. These people are people who are body conscious. You understand? Yeah, they can go through any kind of treatment to make sure their skin is well toned. So when you see them, you feel like, are these people human beings at all? Their skin looks something. It looks, it looks so beautiful. These people have given attention to their body. Hallelujah. And there are people who gym their body, especially guys, they gym their body. You meet them and their chest is looking like something. They, they are conscious. They get up early in the morning. They are jogging. They jog in the evening. They jog in the afternoon. They go to the gym. These people are body conscious. Hallelujah. Come on, praise the name of the Lord. And then there, are, there is the soulish people who are solical. Now, this refers to people who engage themselves in mental activities. Hallelujah. Things that will enhance their personality. All right? So, they talk about, um, they talk about mental exercises. They talk about concentrations. Some people even talk about meditations. Hallelujah. Talk about all kinds of things. And these are to help you build a solical system. You know why we go to school? We go to school to build our soul, soulic or soulish self. Alright? So you learn, you get to know how to do what, and then by that you are able to carve a persona for yourself. So this one says, I want to be a doctor. This one says, I want to be a lawyer. This one says, I want to be this. That becomes your personality by virtue of the things you've given your mind to. Hallelujah. Come on, your mind. Say my mind. Come on, say my mind. So, your mind, your will, your intellect, your intelligence, all right? And then your will. People go through several teachings so that they can be strong-willed, all right? Your emotions. There are people who are emotionally intelligent and emotionally mature, all right? They've invested so much in how to handle their emotions. There are people, regardless how much you get them annoyed, they will never spill off. And there are some people, the least trigger you trigger them, everybody will know. Praise the name of the Lord. Sometimes something will happen. The best way to, to answer is to be silent. But some of us, we don't really know about that. We want to hit it hard on. You know, all these things are a proof of what you are, uh, what you have invested yourself in. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So, you, you, you learn, you train your emotions. You train your mind. You train your intellect. You train your will. And then you train your subconsciousness. Your consciousness. All these things are mental, solical activities. Hallelujah. Then, your spirit self is your God self. In fact, it is your real self. Praise the name of the Lord. It is that self 
that is able to make contact with the realm of the spirit or anything spiritual. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Say I'm three in one. Come on, like you mean, say I'm three in one. One more time, say I'm three in one. Come on, say I'm three in one. I'm three in one. I'm three in one. So God made you spirit, soul, and body. When a man dies, the spirit leaves the body. Hallelujah. Now, what about the soul? When somebody gets born again and he dies, the Bible says you receive a new body and a new soul. All right? So when somebody gets born again, his spirit gets born again. Not his soul, not his body. All right? His body will be born again at the resurrection and his soul will be born again at the resurrection. The Bible calls it the redemption of the purchased possession. All right? So the redemption of the purchased possession. Jesus Christ, when he died, and then you believe he, he, he saved your soul, your spirit, uh, he saved your spirit, your soul, and your body. But then the one that got born again was your spirit. Hallelujah. That was your spirit. And then your soul must be renewed. You must renew your mind. All right? And that will transform your whole life. Are we together? Then the Bible talks about um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 49, 50, downwards to somewhere 55. The Bible talks about when the trumpets are sound at the rapture, our bodies will be changed. So he says within a twinkle of an eye, our bodies will be changed. This body will not go to heaven. All right? Because this body has death. So we'll be getting a new body. The new body is a body that, that doesn't have death. It's not possible for the body to die. It's not possible. If you, even if you inject it with poison, the poison will be neutralized. See, and that body is called the resurrected body, typified by the body of Christ. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the Bible says he ate, he did everything. But he rose up with the resurrected body. And that is the body that went to heaven. No mortal body can be in heaven. You see, every body in heaven is called celestial body. It's heavenly body. Alright? So the body must meet a certain criteria to be able to be in heaven. Alright? And that is called the heavenly body. And there is no death in heaven. You can't be in heaven and die. Death is only available on the earth. Death is not available in heaven. Because when we talk about heaven, heaven simply is the presence of God. Alright? Heaven is the practical and tangible presence of God. See, don't think that there is a city somewhere in the sky. That when you die, then you are going there. There's no city like that. Alright? There's no city like that. There's no city that when you die, you get... Then you go, then you see this is house. This, the Bible says in my father's house, there are many mansions. So you meet this house, then you meet this gold. Uh, the Bible says the streets are filled with gold and all of that. No, 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 all those things are metaphoric statements. Hallelujah. How many of us heard of the Garden of Eden? And you see, the Bible describes the Garden of Eden as a place. All right? Like it's a, it's, it was a real place. So they could see a tree. They could see this. They could see that. 
But how many of us know it's not a place? The Garden of Eden is a realm. You see, man, as we're talking about indicators, right? So, when, when we say somebody has gone to heaven, what is heaven? What is heaven? Heaven simply means the presence of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Thessalonians, it says that, and we'll be caught up. And we'll be caught up. And we will be with the Lord forever. So heaven means being with the Lord forever. Right now, we are not with the Lord. Right now, the Lord is in us. That's amazing. But we are talking about a literal being with the Lord. So what is heaven? What is heaven? Um, John says that when we shall see him, we shall be like him. So heaven is being like God. Hallelujah. Don't think about you going to hang hang up somewhere in outer space and then your legs, you are flying in the air. You are not a star. Hallelujah. That's how when we get to heaven, when we call for Jolof, Jolof will come. (laughs) Are we going to eat in heaven? It's highly possible. Yeah, it's highly possible because when Jesus rose from the dead, he ate. Yeah. But I don't know who's going to cook the food. Because there will be so many that I don't know, maybe God will give us kitchen and then everybody, your mother will call you and give, you know. And you know, when we get there, you not, you not say, oh, this is gifty. No, no, no. Nobody knows everybody. We all look like Jesus. Hallelujah. Male and female only exist here on earth. Hallelujah. When we get to heaven, you are nobody. You are just like Christ. Hallelujah. So where is heaven? Where is heaven? Where is heaven? Heaven is up, right? <laughs> heaven is a realm. You can be here and have an encounter with heaven. Did you draw that? You were here. So heaven is a realm. How many of us have had a vision before? Okay, so we have about three people. You are here. And then your eyes, this very eyes that is seeing everything, your eyes get opened. And then you are no more in the world. Somebody, as I'm preaching, you know, you see me here. But I can be having a vision whilst I'm standing here and I'm not here. Praise the name of the Lord. We are talking about flowing the things of the spirit, so relax. Alright? So, you can have a vision and your body is here, but you are not here. How many of you have been captured in glory before? I don't know if you understand that, but you are not yourself. You don't feel anything of the earth. You don't know anything of the earth. And you feel like you are in a place so beautiful, so joyful, so exciting. And this is beyond your emotions. It's not like you are there and somebody sent you some thousand Ghana and you are happy. No. But you are captured. It happens to me when we have maybe long hours of worship and prayer. I can be walking and 
Man, I'm just gone. Hallelujah. Come on, are you following that? So, I'm saying that there is a part of you, there is a spiritual part of every human being. Born again or not born again. But when you get born again, you receive the the new, you receive a new nature in your spirit. Life comes into your spirit. The life of God comes into your spirit. So your born again spirit looks exactly like God. Are we together? And you see, the spirit, the soul, the body are functionalities. They must, they, they must function in certain realms. Now, by the body, you are able to relate with the things of the natural. Are you following that? By your soul, you are able to relate with the things in the soulical realm. Then, by your spirit, you are able to have relationship with the spirit. So, if a man lives his life and becomes spiritually ignorant, the person will not be able to have intelligence on the things of the spirit. So, you meet somebody, the person says that there is no God. Why is there, why, 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 why you say there is no God? Because everything evoluted. And spiritual things does not make sense. You know, you see, the person says, how can you pray for somebody and the person gets healed? How can you not administer drug and the person walks? How can you say by praying in a tongue that does not make sense, you are talking to God. Where is God? Now, somebody who can ask you, where is God? You say there is God. Where is God? Now, you're there. You say, oh, God is in heaven. Where is heaven? Have you been there before? The person can ask you questions to the point that you become so foolish. It does not mean the person is intelligent. Uh-uh. The person is intelligent solely. Can. Let, let's read something. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Are you following this thing at all? 2.14 But the natural man the word is sukekos. The word natural is sukekos. Alright? It talks about the life of the soul, the soulical man. Alright? So, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. Did you see that? So, the man that is soulical does not receive the things of the spirit of God. Why? Because they are, come on, because they are, they are foolishness unto him. So, the things of God, the Bible makes a clear clear distinction that the things of the spirit of God are foolish to the natural man. Now, so if you meet anybody, then the person says, how can you tell me that praying in tongues, you are speaking to God? It does not mean that you, even if you don't have an answer, I'm giving you an answer today. The moment the things of the spirit is not making sense to somebody, the person is a natural man. Are we together? The person is a natural man. Now the person wants to, the person, the person, the person gets, um, the, the person gets appealed by the natural senses. 
Now, if you if you had come to tell the person about medicine, the person would be okay. You tell the person about psychology, the person would be okay. You tell the person about philosophy, the person would be okay. But the moment you shift the whole thing to the spirit, the person says it doesn't make sense. Now, so it means that the things of the spirit of God are reserved for a certain class of people. So if you want to be, um, if you want to have the knowledge of the things of the spirit, it means that you must move from the realm of the natural to the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. That's very important. So it means that if a Christian becomes natural, now I know the natural man is the man who is not born again. All right. The carnal man is the one who is born again, but is fleshy. But if you, if you educate your mind to be, to be a natural man, all right, you relegate your spiritual self to the background. You don't really pay attention to your spiritual self. It means that the things of the spirit will not make sense to you, even if you're born again. So there are Christians, there are people who are born again, they know more of medicine they know more of the things of the world than they know of the things of the spirit. There are some Christians, they simply don't get it. How you can say that you met somebody and you mentioned the name of the person. Like you just met somebody, you don't know the person from anywhere. Then you mention the name of the person. Some people even add telephone numbers, your date of birth, your mother's name, your father's name, and the if you leave them, they will go on and on and on and on and on. And it, it, it's like, how? Like, how do you do this? How, do, how can you call somebody by name and it's accurate? How can you mention the date of birth of some? And sometimes mentioning the name of the village. And then, like, sometimes you go into that level. How did you do that? It does not make sense. Like, how can you do that? How can you do that? When you shift from thinking as a natural man to start thinking like a man of the spirit. Because these things don't make sense to the natural man. It means that the more your mind is on natural things, the less things of the spirit will make sense to you. Write that down. The more your mind is on the things of the natural the less spiritual things will make sense to you. You begin to think about your education, your career, all that your life is all about is a career, is education, you want to get married, and all of that. Things of the natural. The moment you begin to become like that, the things of the spirit will not make sense to you. They won't make sense to you. Hallelujah. They will not make sense to you. Don't think about someone who says, ah, oh, I will not fall down today. You know that he's standing like that. He does not even know what it means to fall down. He thinks that all that there is about falling down is just somebody just falling down. He does not know the things that go. So such a person, it laying on of hands does not mean anything to the person. You see why we pray for people when they don't get healed? Some don't get healed. Because some people will not, what has my sickness got to do with a hand you put on me? And you claim you put a hand on me and I will be healed. It does not make sense. 
It doesn't make sense. So you know what we do by preaching the word? As we preach the word, we shift your mind from the natural perspective to the spiritual perspective. So that now it can be possible. Are we together? So that it can be possible. Well, think about Jesus saying, Peter should go to the, to the sea and the first fish he catches, he should open the mouth and then the, he will find a coin and he will bring the coin. Where in the world did you hear that the mouth of a fish can host a coin? Not possible. It's not possible. But Jesus says it and Peter goes and Peter finds it exactly so. This is a possibility of the spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. Say, I will not let go of my spiritual self. Yeah. And you see, the place and the realm of the spirit is superior to the solical realm and is superior to the body realm. It's superior. So if you are, if you become bodily conscious you are at the mercy of the soul realm and the spirit realm if you move to become body soul conscious it means that you are at the mercy of the spirit realm that's why somebody can be educated can grow i mean go to school get masters and what have you and then a little girl somewhere in the village will just mention the name of the person and kill the person because that little girl has mastered the realm of the spirit. Whereas he, she may not even be able to recite ABCD. But you know everything and the person will just sit on top of a tree in the evening and kill you. Come on, praise the name of the Lord. Now think about Christians who come to a point where they need deliverance. Man of God, I think I have a demon. That, that's a Christian. How in the world did a Christian have a demon? Can a Christian have a demon? Come on. Can a Christian have a demon? Really? <laughs> a Christian can't have a demon, right? You are in a good church. So how does people, how do people come to say, I have a demon? Here, they, they don't have spiritual education. Come on, are we together? So when you relegate the things of the spirit to the background, then you will be ignorant of the things of the spirit. And then that would mean you will not be able to benefit from the things of the spirit. And I told you, the realm of the spirit is superior to the realm of self. Hallelujah. It is superior to the realm of the natural superior to the realm of the soul. Hallelujah. So if your, your whole life is about your soul, you will not be able to be a master of the spirit. One time, Elijah and Gehazi, Elijah had been giving prophecies and, and then the, the, I think the Syrian king or whatever sent for them to come and arrest him. And Elijah was in his room and the soldiers came. And then Gehazi said, Alas, master, we are finished. We are dead. 
The whole place is surrounded. There's trouble. And then Elijah said, those that are with us are more than those that are with them. I pray that your eyes will be open to see. And then he prayed for Gehazi and Gehazi's eyes got open. The Bible says Gehazi saw the whole mountain and everywhere filled with chariots. Two human beings. One was scared, one was not scared. Because one had trained his spiritual senses. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Had trained his spiritual senses to see the things of the spirit. And he's come to the point where the things of the spirit is more real to him than the things of the flesh. So he may be seeing soldiers physically, but spiritually he's seeing an unquantifiable amount of army that is with him. Now such a man, you can point a gun before the person and the person will command you to put the gun down. Are we together? Yeah, the person will command you to put the gun down. See, it's not just about telling people, ah, when you say in the name of Jesus, the people will fall down. Uh-uh. When you are told that, you need to acquaint yourself with that knowledge. Come on, praise the name of the Lord. Yeah? So, oh, the person says, this, your ability to, to, to counterbalance what the person has said. Let's take, for example, somebody curses, somebody plays a curse on somebody. And somebody just goes praying. And somebody goes knowing exactly what to do in the name of Jesus to destroy that curse. There are two different people. Come on, hallelujah. Somebody is praying for the sake. I'm just laying the foundation. We'll, we'll climb up right now. So somebody is just praying for the sake. And somebody knows exactly where the problem is. And what to say in the name of Jesus to get the person healed. Now these happen when one educates himself in the things of the spirit. Now all these things I'm saying, I'm just trying to tell you that there is a spiritual self. You have a spiritual self. Come on, can I say that again? You have a spiritual self. All that there is about you is not the, the dark or fair lady you see or dark or fair guy you see in the mirror who goes to school early in the morning and comes back and go and eats and drinks and all of that. And then he sleeps the next day, wakes up, sleeps the next day, wakes up. And all that there is about your life is your experiences with the world. There, see, you can have experiences, very serious encounters and experiences with the spirit. And I'm going to teach you that. Praise the name of the Lord. You can see angels. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> yeah. All of these things are in the gospel. You can have visions. In fact, you can train yourself to be having visions consistently. You can be having dreams. Hallelujah. You can be having spiritual perceptions. You can be having the leadings of the spirit. Ah, praise the name of the Lord. Now, so the Bible says, as many as are led by their spirit. Now, that tells you that if he's talking about the leading of the spirit, 
then your spirit self is what he is going to use to lead you. As many as are led by the spirit, spirit of God. So spirit of God. So if the spirit of God is going to lead you, then he's going to lead you in where? Their spirit. He needs as many as are led by the soul of God. If it's the soul of God, what's going to happen? He's going to lead you. If he says, um, as, many as, are, as many as are led by the body of God, then he's going to lead you by the body. So here he says, as many as are led by the spirit. It means that if you are going to be able to ascertain and walk the leading of the spirit, you must be switching to the spirit. Come on, praise the name of the Lord. You must learn how to switch into the spirit. You must learn how to, for example, you can just be talking with somebody, you are laughing, you are joking, you are laughing, you are joking, you are laughing, you are joking. And the next moment you are supposed to be in a meeting. And things can happen in a meeting. And you are just wondering, I mean, oh, you can be with somebody, this person on the normal day, very casual, very funny, very jovial, and all of that. Looks very simple and all of that. But the moment the person grabs the microphone, by virtue of one, two, three things, then the person suddenly changes. And you are wondering, is it the person I left the house with? Is he the same person? Hallelujah. Come on, praise the name of the Lord. Say, there, say I carry a spiritual self. Uh, do I have people here? Say, I carry a spiritual self. So, that, that part of us also ought to be developed. Because if that part is not developed, will be frustrating the leadings of the spirit. See, there are Christians who just go to church and all they hear, ah, today this one is coming, oh, today that one. Ah, they do praise, they do worship, they go, praise, worship, they go, praise, worship, they go. And the person leaves church and then he goes to get accident and dies. But it ought not to be so. Somebody's got to see something. Come on, hallelujah. Somebody's got to see something. Somebody should be able to tell us that it's about to rain, so don't do this meeting. And it's not like the person is just, you know, say, I believe. Come on, say, I believe in the leadings of the spirit. Like you say, I believe. Come on, say, I believe in the leadings of the spirit. So you can be led by the spirit of God. You can be led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God can lead you. Are you here with me, everybody? The Spirit of God can lead you. The Spirit of God can direct you. The Spirit of God can lead you. Now, then I say, if the Spirit of God is going to lead you, then you have to be conscious of the fact that you carry a spiritual self. You can meet a man who is very normal, a very normal human being. On a normal day, the person does not even merit any respect from you. And then, I told you about a guy in our village. He went to insult this woman, this um, old woman. And by the time he left the presence of the woman going home, the mouth started um, um, twisting. Twisting. This is a young guy, very nice, handsome guy. And when a very, I mean, an old woman there, and then the, the woman twisted their mouth. Now you are asking, 
How can a human being, without touching or anything, twist a mouth? It means that there is a realm that controls the natural. If you are going to be strong, if you are going to become whatever God wants you to become, then your mind must be in that place. Let's take, for example, the Bible says that everything we see came from the Spirit. Hebrews 11.3 Everything that we see with our eyes. Please, are you following this thing? Am I teaching good? Everything that we see with our eyes came from the Spirit. Then it means that the parent realm of all things is the Spirit. Alright? The parent realm of all things is the Spirit. So if you want to affect anything naturally, don't begin with the natural. You must be in the spirit. But the question is, how do I be in the spirit? That being the spirit, how is it? You know, how, 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 how is that done? How can you just be there and say, there's somebody here. You had a dream last three days and this was the dream. Because even if you want to use your mind, you can't be that accurate. Hallelujah. But you see, I said, if the spirit is going to lead you, then you have to be what? Come on, you have to be what? Conscious of the spirit. If you don't become conscious of the spirit, you'll be frustrating the leading of the spirit. So the leadings of the spirit is frustrated when we are conscious of the spirit. When our minds are not conscious of the spirit. Alright? Now, how are we led by the Spirit? What are the indicators of the leadings of the Spirit? Alright? How do we ascertain or how do we hold on or how do we know that this is a leading of the Spirit? The number one way the Spirit of God leads a Christian is the Word of God. But I'm not going to talk about the Word of God. I'll talk about the Word of God. I'll wrap it up with the Word of God. Alright? So, the number one way is going to be by inner intuitions. Intuitions of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. What are intuitions? What are intuitions? Intuitions are promptings. Promptings. Feelings. Promptings, comma. Feelings. Perceptions. That most often come. So I said there are what? Promptings, feelings, perceptions that most often comes suddenly. When you have not prepared, when you are not prepared for it, most often something you're not even thinking about. Praise the name of the Lord. I feel like I'm doing the school, school, school of the prophets. So you're not thinking about them. They are not 
they are not something your mind is on, but suddenly there is this pressing. There's this pressing. Pressing of the spirit. That is an indicator that the spirit of God is communicating something to you. Are we together? Come on, are we together? So they are what? Promptings. What does it mean to prompt? I tell you, oh, prompt the man of God to stop. What does that mean? Alert. Inform. So there's this alertedness or there's this alertness that comes to you. Now we're going to see from the word of God. But there's this alertness that comes to you. The Lord is leading you. Because sometimes, you see, when you're talking about, and the Spirit of God told me, and the Spirit of God told me, and the Spirit of God told me, you're wondering, how did you hear the Spirit? Because there's some of you here, you don't, you don't know whether you have heard the Spirit before or not. But it's not possible to be born again and not have heard the Spirit. It's not possible. There's no one of you here, genuinely, sincerely born again, that you've never heard the Spirit before. You heard the Spirit, but you didn't know that that was the Spirit. Hallelujah. Because with what I'm teaching, if you look at what he's doing, you have a very big problem in your life. Yeah. So the Spirit has led you before, but just like you don't know what it meant. So there's this strong feeling. You can add strong urge. There's this urge to do something. There's this perception. A sudden, a sudden cognition. A sudden knowledge. A sudden feeling. A sudden prompting. A sudden seizure. Hallelujah. A sudden seizure. For example, you're praying and suddenly your mind cannot go away from Rabbi. Although Rabbi may not be in the church. You're praying about something else. But this thing keeps coming into your head. God is talking to you. Hallelujah. Now when I stand before people ministry, then I say, there's somebody here who has this case. Most often than not, I wait for it to be one, two, three. That feeling, because, um, so when we're having the crusade, after we called for all the people who were sick to come forward, as I moved forward, then I felt, I felt like somebody had used a wood to hit my neck here, like that. Then this and from here to here froze. And I was finding it very difficult to turn my head. And it was very painful. Then I got to know there's somebody here who had the same experience. I don't know how many of you were there. And a woman came from the crowd. That is the leading of the spirit. Now you're thinking about the leading of the spirit that you hear. That's another thing. Now I'll talk about that. So I'm saying, how do I know this is God talking to me? Let me bring it to, let's, let's, let's let's go to Galatians. Am I helping us? Okay, Galatians chapter 5. 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Let's begin begin, um, from 18. Everybody look into your Bibles. I believe you all came. Now, 18, all of you read together. One, two, go. Now, if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these. Does it make sense? If you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The seventies is for the flesh. Now, let's do um, 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lasted against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. The, against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? To be led by the Spirit means to walk by the Spirit. I. To be led by the Spirit means to walk by the Spirit. Tell somebody to be led by the Spirit. Tell somebody to be, to be led by the Spirit. Is to walk by the Spirit. So this if, um, sorry, where are we now? Yeah, this I say then, walk in the spirit. Hallelujah. So, if you're going to walk in the spirit, it simply means you're going to be led by the spirit. Now, make progress. The word walk in the spirit can also be, can, the word there can also be by the spirit. All right? So, to walk by the spirit means to progress, to move, to advance, by the spirit. Now what does it mean by the spirit? For example the Bible says. Quench not the spirit. Can you quench the spirit? You can't quench the spirit. You cannot quench the Holy Ghost. You can't quench it. But you can quench. The activities of the spirit. Are we together? So whenever the Bible talks about the spirit. The spirit. The spirit. And then. The activity is based on man. He's not talking because man cannot have influence on the spirit. For example, quench not the spirit. Walk by the spirit. Walk by, you can't walk by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God. All right? You can't, you can't be walking by him. So walk by the spirit would mean walk by the indications of the spirit. Are you following that? Walk by the indications of the spirit. Progress. When you are ministering, advance the ministry by the indications of the spirit. When you are a leader, advance your leadership by the the indications of the spirit. You are a Christian. Do your day-to-day normal life activities by the indications of the spirit. So don't walk like a natural man. Hallelujah. Don't walk, don't walk like a natural man. So he says, the works of the flesh. Now what then becomes the works of the flesh? Works of the flesh simply means the leadings of the flesh. Alright? The works of the flesh are manifest in these. 
So when somebody is being led by the flesh, these are the indicators. These are the way you are going to see that somebody is becoming more fleshy than spiritual. So these are you are going to see that somebody is being led by the flesh. Out together? Okay. So it says, the works of the flesh are manifest in this. Number one is what? Number one is what? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry. If we had time, we'd have explained all of that, but we don't have time. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, which strive, rough strife, sedition, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reverence, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in the time past, they who do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So these things are the leadings of the flesh. Remember, the Bible says, the flesh fights against the spirit. The flesh fight against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. So the flesh, the flesh, these are the things that the flesh produces. Or these are the indications. When you see these things, know that the flesh is ruling in that particular area. Come on. So if a Christian becomes jealous, if a Christian becomes jealous, if a Christian becomes a channel for divisions in the church, you don't say that that is your problem. It's not your problem. Your flesh is leading you. So where you want to know the reign of the flesh, look at these things. Bitterness, unforgiveness, always having issues. All right? High-mindedness. Always thinking better than people. You are always the better one. You know, and stuff like that. Those things are indications that you have locked the spirit or you are not walking by the spirit. It means you are not being led by the spirit. You cannot be jealous and at the same time being and you are led by the spirit. Because the Bible says the flesh fights the spirit and the spirit fights the flesh. So that you will not be able to do what you want. So there's this special battle that goes on in every person. The flesh and then the spirit. But we see what you do and we are able to know what is reigning. Are we together? We see what you do and we're able to know what is reigning. For example, a Christian who says drinking is not a sin. Show me a scripture in the Bible. How in the world can you use your whole Christian experience to support alcoholism? You know, like the Jehovah's Witnesses, they say, oh, the Bible says we should drink and we should, not be, we should not be booze. And that is one of the serious pillars of their doctrines. And you are wondering, what do you get from drinking? One time Jehovah's Witnesses that when you drink and you get an accident, you will not die. Your blood, you make mention of a blood research or something. Can you imagine that? A Christian. And a Christian who is, who is thinking, is gambling a sin or not? And then you are busily searching the scriptures to find out whether gambling is a sin or not. Betting is a sin or not. Your whole Christian life, you are using scriptures to find out, to prove to people that betting is not a sin. What kind of it's, it's an indication that the flesh is raining. The flesh is raining. 
Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible talks about uncleanness, lasciviousness. Praise the name of the Lord. Envy, strife that people always they want, they don't want peace. I want problem, violence. Every day they need, they want to hear an uproar. When that happens, the Bible says you are not being led by the Spirit. It means that you have left your spiritual education, your spiritual consciousness, and now you are living in the realm of the natural. That some of us is very difficult to forgive. It's very difficult to let go. It's, it's not, don't say, oh, I need some time. You don't need time. There is a king. You have a king, and the king is called the flesh. Hallelujah. Then, on the flip side, let's get to what I'm teaching because this is not the point I want to make. But, come on, verse 22. But, the fruit of the spirit. Now, the word spirit here is capital S. But it's wrong. It's not, it, it's not supposed to be capital S. It's supposed to be small s. Because he said the works of the flesh. The opposite of the flesh talks about the opposite of the flesh is the human spirit, not the Holy Ghost. So the fruit of the new, the, the, the spirit of the new creation. It is not technically wrong to say the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is technically the spirit of the new creation. Alright? But I'm making that distinction for you to know. So the fruit of the spirit. So what is the fruit of the spirit? We can say the indicator of the spirit. See, your spirit, being born again, your spirit and the spirit of God are in perfect agreement. The spirit of man, I mean, the spirit of a child of God does not, will not, cannot ever be at loggerhead with the Holy Ghost. There will not be a day where the spirit of God says, Charlie, I don't like the thing we do. Then your spirit will say, Master, 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 I better come up for that. Every day you want me to do good things. No, because when you get born again, the Bible says your spirit is joined to the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, he says that he who joins his spirit with the Lord, um, he who joins himself with the Lord is one spirit. So when you are joined to the Lord, you are one spirit. It talks about a unionization, a blending and a mingling together. So when we talk about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is your spirit. When we talk about your spirit, your spirit is the Holy Ghost. Don't say the spirit of God lives in me. You are simply saying I have a new creation spirit. The Bible says that a new spirit I will give them. Are you understanding that? So your new spirit is the spirit of God. Here he talks about the fruit of the spirit. What then do we say the fruit of the spirit? We can say the indicator of the spirit. The leading of the spirit. Are you here with me? How do I know the will of God over this matter. How many of you have been asking those questions? Uh, so if I want to do something or if there's some, how do I know it's the will of God? How do I know it's the will of the spirit? Am I helping us tonight? Am I helping us tonight? How do I know it's the will of the spirit? How do I know it's the, it's the will of God? The first litmus test is love. Love. Love.
so what what I mean what I'm praying about or what I'm thinking about is it by myself or by love is it selfish or is lavish are you following that and what is love love here talks about agape the God kind of love alright so if I am doing something alright so am I supposed to go here or here am I supposed to go here or there to be led by the spirit there is going to be love there is going to be the domination of love it means that where there is no love you are doing something that there is no inner love now I'm not talking about mental love alright because people love to smoke it doesn't mean God is sending them <laughs> praise the name of the Lord yeah so love and then number two is what joy joy so to know that you're being led by the spirit there is joy Your mind may fight it, but deep down, you know, there's joy. It means that if you are going to do anything and your joy is tampered with, I'm not talking about your happiness, your joy is tampered with, you are not joyful, you are, you are, you are not sound. You don't have this inner excitement. I'm talking about mental happiness. Because there are two different things. Like I told you, somebody can just be excited to go and drink. It doesn't mean the Spirit of God is leading the person. Because he's going to give you another word, which is peace. So, there is this inner joy. You're being led by the Spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. Because these are the indicators of the Spirit. Are we flowing this thing? Yeah. Indicators of the, of, of, of the spirit. Joy. Joy here refers to exuberance. Exuberance. Somebody says, all right, so if they say we should come to church and I'm not in the mood to come to church, I'm not joyful to come to church. Does it mean God is leading me not to come to church? Yes, God is leading you not to come to church. <laughs> God is leading you not to come to church. Hallelujah. How in the world can God lead you not to come to church? So there's this settlement. There's this, you know, this joy, this joy talks about a calmness. The whole thing may look scary. The whole thing may look manya manya. But you feel like this is it. This, this really is you can even deny it in front of people but deep down you know this is it you pick this you know ah no 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 this one looks more difficult it looks more mana mana it looks more something but this is it come on praise the Lord you just feel like this is it 
So you can say the Lord spoke to me. Someone say, someone say the Lord told me. We are not talking about my son. No. The Lord told me. Somebody asked me a question. The person says, uh, so in the Bible, was it that said the Lord, that said the Lord, that said the Lord, was it always God talking? I said, no. No. There were a lot of that says the Lord that God didn't talk. But by the perceptions of the spirit, they put it on God. Hallelujah. So, for example, somebody says, the Lord says, this is my wife. The Lord says, this is my wife. It can be true and it can be misleading. At the same time, the same statement, true and misleading. The first litmus test is that inner count. That inner count. And you know what? Don't let any friend whatsoever deceive you into doing something when deep down you know there's a problem. A lot of you, if you were able to, if you were able to be strong, on some suggestions from friends to you, or some things you yourself you got yourself into, if you were able to be strong on what you were feeling about it deep down, you would not have gone far with whatever you went out. And some of us, deep down, there's this inner joy, there's this calmness, but you just don't want to. It looks too calm. <clears throat> Somebody was sharing a testimony that he was in a church and, I mean, he was invited to a church to go and sing. And um, whilst he was there singing, it's not Mr. Noah, so he goes there. So whilst he was there singing, then this lady came to give offering. The lady was just coming to give offering like that. Then he said, lady not torn or so. He's, not, he's never spoken to this lady. He doesn't look like somebody who is even a speck or something like that. But there is a toy. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are some friends that come into your life. There are some people that come into your life. And you are able to, is this this one? You don't know, you can't say, oh, this one has done this. You don't, you can't say that this person is no good. But there is a repulsion. Anytime you are with this person, you are not, you are not yourself. You feel like something is missing. God is talking to you. That is the voice of God. Come on. 
Because, I mean, when you are with this person, you are not joyful. You can even be chatting. You are happy. You are excited. But, inwardly, there's this unsettlement. You will just go ahead and be talking and be talking to the point that you will you will, be, you will become insensitive to the fruit of the spirit. Now, that thing, because you see, um, when you become, when you constantly disobey the promptings of the spirit, you will become insensitive to them. I think you should write that down. When you constantly become disobedient to the, to the promptings of the spirit, then you become what? insensitive to them. You, your spirit will become insensitive. Can God tell you a particular work to do and the one not to do? Of course, yes. In fact, God can tell you this salary has, this, this work has a lot of salary, but don't do this one. Do that one. Some say the spirit of God says I should stop school. Hmm. You know, when you come to tell me that, I also have a way I'm led to know. Number one, I have to check your previous results. <laughs> That's the first thing I have to do. Yes. Your results. The Lord, I will believe that God says stop schooling when your results is perfect. And And some of you, you come and say, oh, man, go, yeah, the Lord says, aha, uh-huh, the Lord, yeah, the Lord told me to, uh, yeah, the Lord told After you go and you like it, then that becomes the voice of God to you. But you see, the voice of God simply to the child of God, the first one, I'll talk about other ones, but the first one is that inner joy, that peace. The peace is not here. It's not in your mind. The peace is in your spirit. Your mind may be confused, but deep down, you have this joy. It may be painful doing it, but deep down, there's this settlement. Hallelujah. You may even be giving excuses. I mean, by, oh, he's just a friend. He's just a friend. He's just a friend. But inside your heart, you know who the person is. That is why, maybe we like all these things, eh? that is why, as a Christian, that's why as a Christian, you must be serious about developing that part of you. Don't be picking friends. Don't just be going to places. Don't be just making decisions. Don't just join people to do things. Start developing your spiritual self. And this is the easiest way to develop. Using the formula of the fruit of the spirit. Praise the Lord. You know, it can lead you to when you are steady. It can lead you. You get to know this question is coming. This one is coming. This, it's come. It's not here, but this is come. 
It makes too much sense to your spirit. Now some say, man of God, not that this thing they fail. I understand. And do you know that it is not wrong for prophecy to fail? The failure of a prophecy does not mean that the prophecy is false. Yeah. Because the delivery of prophecy has human elements. So if he has human elements, the man can miss it. But your consistency in doing it will be perfecting the gift. Praise the Lord. Are you following what I'm sharing with you? You're con- so right now, maybe you do, you, you've never been led by the Spirit before. You don't even know how to be led by the Spirit and all of that. But as you keep, as you keep on subjecting every decision, everything, you know, as you keep on subjecting it to the principle or the formula of the fruit of the Spirit, you'll be perfecting it. Because you see, a lot of you want to begin by having visions. But it doesn't begin that way because even if you begin to get the vision, you will not know how to interpret it. There is that thing where the Spirit of God can lead you by feelings. I mean, emotions. You get up in the morning and you are all angry. I'm not talking about somebody who has a messy, bad character. And you will be able to pick what it means. So there are levels in understanding the leadings of the spirit. Come on. Hallelujah. Write that down. There are levels. That is why you pick two prophets and this one can give seriously intrinsic prophecies. And another person will be whining. The one who is whining is not fake. All right? He's not fake. But he is perfecting the delivery of that ministry. So, being led by the Spirit, you grow in that act. You grow in the act of being led by the Spirit. Come on. Hallelujah. By constantly. So, he talks about joy. Then he talks about peace. Do you have that there? He talks about peace. There's this inner peace. Tranquility. This calmness. Deep within. Praise the name of the Lord. Everybody wants you to go and do medicine. Your mother wants you to go and do medicine. Your pastor, um, um, your teacher wants you to go and do medicine. All of that. And deep down you know that you are supposed to go and study dondology. The Spirit of God can lead you to that. I mean, you can be led by the Spirit to go into a Greek. That's for that one there, yeah. <laughs> the, there's a testimony that a guy got a big land and wanted to plant something. And he was sensible enough to go and pray. Then the Lord, the Spirit of God told him, so when you hear the Spirit of God told some, don't think about hearing. It could be a feeling. It could be an impression. So he heard the Spirit of God say, 
tell him to, to, to plant a setting almond. And at that time, it didn't make sense. Then he planted. Long and short is that. When they got right, some white people came and said, this, we need, we want, this is what we've been looking for. And that's how the guy changed his whole life. Are we together? So if I can pick this thing and present it before God, sometimes in prayer, and that is why one of the ways to practice the art of hearing, the, the things are too many that I can't finish. Huh? One of the ways to practice the art of hearing from God is the art of waiting on God and being quiet. Being quiet. When I'm about preparing a message or I'm getting into a meeting or maybe there's a meeting that require, you know, every meeting is not the same. There's a meeting that is going to require a lot of spiritual energies and all of that. Mostly, as a prayer, what you do is that you sit down quietly and at that moment, if you are close to me and you are playing songs or maybe you are playing all these videos and stuff like that, I will show you. Can I just go sit somewhere? I'm not talking to anybody or whatever. You know, you, you're, you are able to pick up these signals from the Spirit of God. Am I, am I, am I helping us? You want to pick it up. So, the leading of the spirit happens primarily if you get, I mean, if you are a baby Christian, if you are just born again and stuff like that, primarily by the fruit of the spirit. You just, you just judge it by that. If you are not, you are going to do this work, you are, you are going to marry this person, you are going to befriend somebody, you are going to do that, you are going to do this. And you just oppose it with that test. With that test. And you don't find these things in. What are you going to do? You let it be. The Bible talks about endurance. In there. Alright? You have it there. The Bible also talks about self-control. If it is the Lord that is leading you, you must be able to control yourself around it. God says, this lady is your wife. You can't wait. You can't wait to go and say, oh, all right, I'm not falling in love now. Hold on. Pastor, the Lord told me, this is my wife. Then your pastor says, all right, wait for six months. So, no, me and Are you here with me? God says that, oh, you should do something. Then, see, anything that is done in a rush is never from God. God has all rush people. God has all rush things. That attitude is never from God. If you are being led by the Spirit. I mean, <laughs> see, if it is God, allow things, they will play out. 
Don't don't get your emotions involved. Don't get your perception, the things you God, I think this, I think that. Relax. Allow things to play out. Am I communicating? If you can't wait for it, then it is more of you than it is of God. Are we together? Because the Bible talks about self-control. You must be able to control yourself around it. Come on. God says you should go and do what? Relax. Is it, you say God. Then give yourself some time. Hallelujah. Don't rush into it. Don't rush making conclusions. This one says it's God. This one says it's not God. Two people. You are in between. Leave them alone. Somebody told me that God said that, the person said God said that I am her husband. The person did not come to propose. He just came and said, God says that I am your wife. That's all right. God has not told you. So I want you to know God has told you. And I said, all right. As we are talking, the person is married. Prophecy has changed. <laughs> there are human elements in the prophecy. So if God has said it, let's leave it to be. You know, the Lord say you are mine. The Lord say you are mine. The Lord, and I remember I had a vision, I had a dream. When they just relax, say, okay, okay, sir, keep all these things. Let's give ourselves some time. Those people that came with all those visions in three, four, five months, another vision will be bursting forth in their eyes. So don't be don't, don't let people give you all those kind of those kind of crap. You had a vision that's in your eye. Thank you. You are not my pastor to have a vision for me, so it's fine. Keep your vision and then relax. Wait for me to get mine. And when the thing is not eating you up. If something is eating you up, you are natural. You can't just stop thinking about him. You can't just stop thinking about it. It's it's giving you sleepless nights. You rise up, sleepless nights. You are sleeping, sleepless nights. Your head is aching you. About goom, you know, and you are confused. See, God can't lead you in that moment. Praise the name of God. God cannot lead you in that moment. You can't rush to God and get answers. I always tell people. You don't get answers from God when you most you badly need them. Show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Higher, higher. God will be the one clapping. God will, God will be assisting you in the prayer. But when you say, Father, I don't, I don't know what it is about this thing, but have your way with it. That's your matter now. Handle it. 
and then you close your mind on it. See, a lot of us want to help God. You want to help God. Say, God, I, I don't feel good about this thing, but can you do something about this thing? God, you know me, you know me. You know. No, that's not the leading of the spirit. And when you don't have these indicators, you are walking outside the will of God. Hallelujah. You see, in the New Testament, the new creation is not supposed to be led by prophets. It's not supposed to be led by pastors. First of all, led by the Spirit. Because there are Christians who will leave and be visiting this prophet from here, this pastor from there, this prophet from here. This, I mean, and all these people are teachers of different things. So at the end of the day, they will get different counsels. I was talking to, <laughs> I was talking to a dear sister. and says, somebody said he went to a prophet. And the person says that, this is your friend. There's a, a basket in the womb. They've turned it upside down. That's why I'm like, who, who, how in the world can we put basket in somebody's womb? Basket. And it can turn actually bed. What a wow. This is where they give scary prophecies. Listen, if it is from God, if God is leading you, your mind may not even accept it. But deep down, you have the conviction. If you're leading yourself, all these elements will not be there. Hallelujah. All these elements will not be there. When God is leading you, this is how you are going to know. So when you say, oh, the spirit of God says this. Paul made a statement. Let's go to act, I believe. Okay, so let's do the act, then we'll get to Gideon. Act 27. Are you here with me? Now, let's look at this. This is very interesting a story. Okay. And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. And entering into a ship of Adramitium, we launched, we launched, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia. One Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, being with us, and the next day we touched at Sidon and Julius courteously um, entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to refresh himself. So Paul was a prisoner, all right? And then this man said, you know what? Just have some nice time. And when we had launched from there, we sailed unto Cyprus because the winds were contrary. So they changed direction. And when we had sailed over the sea of Cilicia and Pamphylia, 
we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. And there, the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy. And he put us therein. And when we had sailed slowly many days, and scars were come over against Sindus, uh, Snidus, the wind not suffering us, we sailed unto Crete over against Salmone. And hardly passing it, came unto a place which is called the fair, um, the four, the fair what? heavens. Nigh whereunto was the city of Lassia. Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be hurt and much damage, not only of the laden and ship, but also of our lives. Who has a different translation? Read it. Hallelujah. Now they have come to a point and they are supposed to get to another point. They are in the ship and Paul is not. Uh, what's the name of those people who, who drive the ship? He's not a mariner. Captain, he's not a captain. He has no knowledge about ship, boat and everything. Shows um, Paul's matter has always been law and the law and the law. Paul is in the midst of captains. People who know how everything should be. Then he gets up and says, Sirs, I perceive that there's going to be trouble. So Paul sits in the car. He does not even know the first gear from the second gear and says that I perceive that there's an accident waiting for us. You can't know this with your eye. Hallelujah. Now let's continue. Look at what happened. Verse, verse 11. Okay. Let me read from BBE. But the captain gave more attention to the master and the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. Hallelujah. So Paul has spoken, but there's a master here. There's a captain here. All right. And as the harbor was not a good one in which to be for the winter, the greater number of them were for going out to the sea in order, if possible, to put in for the winter at Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, looking to the northeast and north, um, northeast and southeast. And when the south wind came softly, being of the opinion that their purpose might be effected, they let the ship go and went sailing down the side of Crete, very near to the land. But after a little time, a very violent wind named Iraquilo came down from it with great force. And when the ship got into the grip of it and was not able to make headway into the wind, we gave way and went before it. And sailing near the side of a small island named Kauda, we were able to, though it was hard work, to make the ship boat safe. And having got it up, they put cords under the round, um, under and round the ship. But fearing that they might be pushed on, onto the situs, they let down the sails and so went running before the wind. <laughs> and still fighting the storm with all our strength, the day after day, um, the day after they made a start at getting the goods out of the ship. And on the third day, 
they let they let all the sailing apparatus go over the side and as we have not seen the sun or stars for a long time and a great storm was on us all hope of salvation was gone so it means that everybody knew they were about to die let's continue and when they had been without food for a long time paul got up among them and said friends it would have been better if you had given attention to me and not gone sailing out from Crete to undergo this damage and loss. <laughs> say, I'm a man of the spirit. Come on, say, I'm a man of the spirit. Like you mean, say, I'm a man of the spirit. We should not just be in a car and go and get accidents. It should not be surprising that you are just there. That you are surprised with accidents. I'm a man of the spirit. You're not sitting in the car and saying the name of you. I don't get uh, uh, No. So he calls it perception. Spiritual perception. Come on. Praise the Lord. There is a prophetic spirit on every child of God. And it's called the leading of the spirit. Come on. Hallelujah. Okay, let's continue. 22. But now I say to you, be of good heart, for there will be no loss of life, but only the ship. Think about it. There's nobody who's going to die. It's only the ship that will be destroyed. How did he know that it's only the ship that will be destroyed? Let's continue. For this night, they came to me. They came to me. They came, they came to my side. An angel of God who is my master and whose servant I am. Say, have no fear, Paul, for you will come before Caesar and God has given to you all those who are sailing with you. And so, oh man, be of good, be of good heart. For I have faith in God that it will be as he has said to me. But we will be sent on to a certain island. Ah. But when the 14th day came, while we were going here and there in the Adriatic Sea, about the middle of the night, the sailors had an idea that they were getting near land. And they, and they let down the lead and saw that the sea was 120 feet deep. <laughs> and after a little time, they did it again and it was 90 feet. Then, fearing that by chance we might come onto the rocks, they let down four hooks from the back of the ship and made prayers for the coming of the day. <laughs> then the sailors made attempts secretly to get away from the ship, let it down a boat as if they were about to pull down hooks from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the captains and his men, if you do not keep these men in the ship, you will not be safe. You know what they were trying to do? <laughs> the captains that the man of the spirit warned them. See, that is why pastors, prophets can give direction to leaders of nations. If they are able to hear them, the nation will succeed. Do you understand? If they had listened to Paul, what would have happened? Come on, what would have happened? They wouldn't have gone through that. They wouldn't have gone through that. Paul said, they are lying. Keep them inside. They want to run out. Keep them inside. You can continue the story. So, he says, I perceive it's called spiritual perception. And knowledge that comes to you. Hallelujah. You see, we, 
we have five senses. Number one, the sense of sight, taste, smell, hearing, touch. That is natural way of perception. So right now, I don't think anybody is perceiving that somebody is smelling. Because you see, naturally, when a person is coming, you are seeing a human being neatly dressed. You will not sense anything. Are you understanding that? In the same way, when you are praying and somebody you are fasting and somebody is cooking, you will not see the smell of the food in the sky. Are we together? But give it up there. It just, it just comes to you. Are we together? So you have perceived. You can say, ah, I perceive. I've been going. I perceive. I perceive. It's a good soup. And they cannot even deny. It's a good soup. I perceive. Now, you're a prophet. You are not in the house. But your nose is able to tell you that that is a goat light soup. And the goat is a male because the scent is different. Come on, are we together? Now, spiritual perception is actually using these um, perceptions spiritually. Hallelujah. So, you can perceive by sight, spiritual sight. You can perceive by smell, spiritual smell. You can, and that one is going to be discernment. You can perceive by touch, spiritual touch. You can perceive by what again? All of these things are spiritual and natural. So Paul says, I perceive. I perceive. So the perception may have been a vision. Could have been a vision. So instead of saying, I have seen, you can say, the Lord said to me. You can say, I perceive. So you can say, I perceive. You can say, the Lord said to me. Then you can say what? I perceive, the Lord said to me, or I saw. Or I heard. Because you can hear. How many of you have heard? Before. Hey, this church is full of prophets. Interesting. You hear things rough off. So, you heard. I went together. You heard. So, there's the hearing. You can see. You can see. How do you begin to see? How do you see? How, how does it look like when you see something spiritual? Huh? Those of you have seen before. Prophets. So, Paul may have seen, and then also, perception can also be a feeling. You get up, and you're about to go to this place. And you don't have a good feeling about it. 
This girl called you. My brother in Christ. Come home. Then brother in Christ, you got up. You dressed. And then you have a feeling that you have sinned. The Lord is telling what is going to happen. So stay home. Bade sopragastalaba. And even your tongue, the spirit is not supplying you. It's not supplying with utterance. And then by the time you go, then you say, ah, I felt this thing was going to happen. Your face like shoe. Yeah. You're just there. You say, oh, I felt this thing was going. I knew. Deep like I. I knew. I, I knew. The painful thing is that I knew. You didn't knew. You knew, but you became adamant to the prompting of the spirit. It can even be like you're just standing on the roadside. This car is coming. You want to stop this car and you feel like all the people inside the car are robbers. Don't say, ah, he shall lead me to the waters of the marine. Your head will go. Be very sensitive spiritually. Because the energy that will be needed to have, say, I'm not picking this car, is lesser as compared to what you are captured in their glory. You need more energy. Hallelujah. And then when come on, but sorry, oh, that's what rubbish you anymore. You don't want to say, you overflow cry. Are we together? So that feeling, a strong edge. Listen, what I'm telling you is this. When you, when you are beginning to walk by that, you may even mostly get a lot of things wrong. But it is good. It is good. It is good to just be there and you want to pick this car. You didn't pick the car. And then you went to see the car at the station. Nothing happened. Don't say, ah, it was wrong. Uh-uh. That's why the Bible had this word, young prophets, sons of the prophets, and an old prophet. The young prophets were prophets that were young in the calling. So when a prophecy is given, the veracity and the validity of the prophet, the prophecy to the people, the people ask, was it an old prophet or was it a young prophet? When they say a young prophet, okay, we'll see what we can do about it. But the moment they say it was Elijah who gave the prophecy, you run and go. Because the difference between the old and the young prophet is simply the old prophet has exercised the the prophetic to the point that he has become a veteran. Even when he coughs his prophecy. And then the young prophet, but you know, sometimes 
And it happens in our churches. The fact that a brother gave a prophecy and it was not so. We'll be like, okay. Okay, maybe I said, so maybe after this, uh, after this teaching, last Sunday, maybe I'll let Dave do prophetic. I'll just be here, I'll be watching him say he's a prophet. It's been a long time, so you should, just, you should not come and say, the spirit of the Lord says the church is on fire. We are not on fire. Deep. <laughs> don't come and don't come and tell we're on fire. We know we're on fire a long time ago. So then when the person says, All right. Oh shakabara wasate. And that prophecy, anything should come inside. All right. So, so maybe when you got up, you pick a white jeans and then you place the white jeans. I have a friend like that uh, um, in Bible school. We just met when we were talking. I said, Hey, we're going to come cry. I said, Who and come in the mouth? So we're just talking, we're just making a laughter. I said, Hey, we'll open life, oh, open life rough. No foul trials are black, no. and I can't be such an out there tall. And I'll far brown one. And the guy was just saying, They think I was just doing my room. And I said, Hey, hey, he's too imperial. And may I can't change it. And I'm a farmer dressing. So you go forensic. Forensic. But he is a young prophet. He can miss it. But there can be some elements. He can even give 10 prophecies. Nine, one is accurate. Nine is not accurate. Then you go home and be like, hey. And then they didn't watch, you know. I swear. <laughs> you know what can happen? You can sit down. You know what can happen to him? He will decide, I'm not going to go that line again. After all, then the prophet is in Abaya Bibu. This is no big game. I was here, they can tell you, Sister Wow, me won't hear. But you see, when you are beginning to walk this line, you may even get, and you see, I'm okay. I'm very okay. I'm very okay. Except the prophecy you go and give to the people in secluded areas. You'll be there, say, man, God says you give prophecy. Come. Then you start giving nonsense prophecy. When I catch you, you'll be sorry. Those who are wrong prophecies, you must give it here. So I will correct you. Praise the name of the Lord. Because when you give a prophecy and I want to know what you are saying is right, I can know it. Praise the name of the Lord. It's a side of me a lot of you don't know because you are still children. Mm -hmm. Praise the name of the Lord. I can know it. You know why? I'm the pastor of this house. So whatever is flying, if it's flying to you, you are standing here, I can do so there's no problem with that and you see that is the one way the number one way for you to develop your prophetic calling nobody can lay hands on you and then you can start seeing forensically and be able to explain them it takes rehearsals it takes rehearsals Sometimes when you meet children, prophesy to children, at least that one, if it doesn't go, you know. 
Then it comes up. Then it comes up. Because you are, you, you are open to it. All right? Because you are open to it. And that's how these things function. Because you are open to it, then it will be coming. Sometimes you may even hear a name. Mention it. If the person says no, you say okay. Don't worry about it. It's not for you. Yeah. And sometimes if you if you can go like I'll say, okay, maybe there's that one the Mayamana come on to me to me, sister. If there's somebody here with that, come forward. So you just put if there. If the person is not there, go home. Case closed. Because when you get scared, alright, when you get scared to move on that line, it will never grow. It will never grow. You may even be a singer. Maybe Mr. Noah will give to you or whoever. You are just there. You are singing and then you feel like you are being pressed to say something. Say it. If it's going personal, say it because the God who is talking knows where you are standing and he's talking to you. If you don't begin to do that, you will not be able to consistently be led. Because God knows that even if I'm leading you, you are leading me to nowhere. So, that leading, be practicing it. I had Pastor Chris share a testimony and there was this flower in our house. He was talking about the power of words. How our words can kill and make our life and stuff like that. Then there was this flower in our house. Way back in St. Martin's. So three flowers. The one in the middle, I constantly say, you are dead. You are dead. You are dead. You are dead. I said it and said it and said it. And guess what? That flower did not make it. That is how I am. I like to practicalize things. I don't just want to receive it. Practicalize it. Laying hands on the sick. I heard it from the word of God. And when somebody is sick, I prayed for the person. And most of them were not getting healed. And I did not care. Because I'm not the one who made them sick. The, The more you are doing it, the more it gets developed. You can have the prophecy of healing from prophet Inkamba Kabanka. It will not work. Because you don't put, because see, when, when impartation comes to you, when it comes to you, it comes to you in a seed form. You are going to water it with the word of God and you are going to cause it to increase by acting on it. If you are scared to say the Lord told me, if you are scared to say the Lord told me, if you are scared to say, I feel the Lord is saying, if you are scared to say that, you will never be able to grow in there. This is what I'm telling you. It's a serious prophetic hack. Yeah. So you don't get scared. There's somebody here. Your name is Samson. If it's the first name that comes, don't mind the people who say, oh, there are a lot of people who are called Samson. So add my surname. You, the surname did not come. So if you don't come, sit down. Are we together? Or maybe you are just there and then you hear, uh, you know, my sister went to this prophet and then the prophet said, there are two people in our family who are doing it. And she was telling me over the phone. And then she said, one is called Sewa and one is called Jewa. Then I say, ah, Ogre. The Bushman will be a new day. I'll be on say, eh, Obiatne, Sewa. Hey, Uncle Fuit, I'm the one I got you as a call. 
to say what I'm saying. And the pastor has said he's still ministry. He's still ministry. Hey, don't laugh at people when they get there. Because you, the boldness to even make the mistake you don't have. Am I helping somebody? Why no washa come out to our founder? Like, oh, okay, but I'm fat. Lift your hand. Before your man is asked. All of you are seated. Someone shall come out to our founder. Uncle Shin, nah, but your microphone. Ah, simple. They won't shall come out to our founder. Hey, hey, then you people are not, no, then you people. You don't have the ministry of the prophetic. Then what you are still operating is the gift of, of prophecy. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. I'm teaching you Bible. If you have not had, it's not a failed prophecy, but and too far home prophecy, you are, because the, the gift of prophecy is different from the ministry of the prophet. You don't, the gift of prophecy does not require so much trial and error because that one the Bible says that the spirit distributes as he wills. So in most have it Sister Efra Wabna. That's what they are cause here. And so I worry, but we're done ring with you. <laughs> Aha, so this is a very serious one. This is like something I'm looking for. So it is not that the prophecy is not true. The problem is with him and growth in that ministry. I have a prophet for more no, experiences. If you have not experienced that, then don't, don't, be, don't even start saying you're a prophet. Uh-uh. Say you have the gift of prophecy. That's it. If I have the ministry of healing, the reason why it's a ministry of healing is that I have been trained. Can I use like 10 minutes to explain that? Then we close. 10 minutes, all right? Good. So, the ministry is different from the gift. Because you don't just get up and be a prophet. You must be trained. So, in those training moments, because if everything is accurate with you, you don't need training. Come on. If I have the ministry of healing and everybody I started praying for ever got healed, it's, it's not a ministry because it means that I'm not trained to be in it. Now, you're going to be trained on how to prophesy, even how to utter prophecies. Why am I talking about leading of the spirit and now we are here? Don't worry. That's how this teaching will go. All right? How to utter. Do you know that you don't just get up and talk prophecies? You see things and you are saying them. Uh-uh. You must be trained on how to utter prophecies. And when you see, there are things you can see. 
you will say what you saw and they are wrong because what you saw must be interpreted to now mean what it means. For example, somebody is in the church, you call the person, then you begin to see music signs. You know, all this music, this thing, they are dancing and all these things, you know? That can, so, I say, okay, so please get up. Then Mr. Mr. Noah, get up. Then he gets up. Then I say, you own a music shop. Then he will say no. All right? But I saw music signs. Then he says no. Am I wrong or he's the one who is wrong? Who is wrong? Huh? Am I wrong in what I saw? But there's a human element. So it can mean that he is a singer. It can mean that he has a music studio. It can mean that he's selling speakers. You get it? So one thing that you saw. So if, please thank you. So if you are somebody who is being who is a young prophet and you see that, there's a way to communicate that. An old prophet will say. This young man, get up. I see music signs. And what it means is that you're a singer. Are you a singer? They say, yes, sir. Then the rest will continue. That is how an, a, a, a veteran prophet will go. If I'm a young prophet, you know how I'm going to say, I see music signs. Are you into anything music? Then you say, yes. What? You sing. Then the rest will follow. Veteran prophet, you are a singer. Because maybe when he saw the music sign, he saw a microphone inside. You may not know. Thank you. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't be ashamed if you prophesy and a tofu. You can't even go forensic if you are scared of that. Be ready to give nonsense prophecies. <laughs> I mean, probably that doesn't make sense. I was in this meeting and this guy got up and the guy said, football is going to take you far. Then I knew the person is lying. I just said in me, ooh, football. The meeting happened in McDonald's. There's this prophet who Hey, somebody may listen. Yeah. Say football will take me fast. Because when I was not born again, even football, I didn't know how to play it. Oh, Mali. But, as he keeps on giving those prophecies, the best that they have to do. That's why when you're a young prophet, don't behave like a senior prophet. Don't behave because you'll be disgraced. I look at Blair. Do the thing slowly. Don't be everywhere. <laughs> 
you just saw a goat chasing a cat once. Do you want to go and start prophetic ministry? You healed somebody whose shoe is missing. So something pierced their leg and you pray the person go heal. Ah. Healing evangelistic promiscuous ministries. So you begin a ministry from a gift. Ah, ah. Ministry must be born out of ministry. That's why now you test it with the brothers in the church. And there are some sensitive prophecies you don't have to give. I just test it. Today you ate gobe. He said, no, I wanted to eat gobe. But I drank porridge. Ah. But at the end of the day, you, I saw gobe around you. <laughs> <laughs> and celebrate it. Celebrate it. When you prophesy and conclude, celebrate God. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. More of this, Lord. Hallelujah. Ah. You know, in your room, don't start walking like this. <laughs> you know, it's called spiritual chibuzo. Too knowing in the spirit. Hallelujah. You pray for someone, the person go healed. Bless God. Celebrate it. Don't come and start healing series. I've seen some of you are like that. I mean, the moment you hear a message, the, the, the message hits you. Then you start doing, uh, how do you call it? Teachings on the message. Chama, relax. Catch it. Bleo. Let's go in your room. Keep on learning. Because some of you, the things you say, if somebody begins to question you to, to give serious this thing, you'll not be able to explain yourself. You see, when you get born again, my brothers, there is an enigmata of the spirit. And somebody say, my brother, what's the enigmata? You say, it's something that is something that brings something to bring something out of something. Hallelujah. I mean, you wouldn't get me. Anything I preach to you, I can defend it to any human being on this earth. What I know I can't defend, I don't even come and preach it to you. The first, if you ask me questions, I don't know about it. I'll tell you, wait, let me find some time. But as we are here, I don't think you can ask me any question I can't explain to you. Very important. So the leading of the spirit, you, you practice it. For example, you get up early in the morning. You're about to go to Accra or whatever. As a father, lead me. Spirit of God, lead me. Let's do something together. Lead me. And be conscious of the spirit. Because you can't be led when your mind is somewhere. Your mind must be on the spirit. Hallelujah. How many of you have mentioned names before? Full names. Let me see your hand. Somebody's full name. Full name. Okay, one person. Date of birth. Date of birth. Don't say May 24th. Mm-mm. May 24, 1994, 2 p.m. 2 p.m. at Government Hospital. I said, give it to you. Where are you? Lift your hand. Wow. How many of us believe you have prophetic callings? Let me see your hand. Prophets. Lift your hand. Don't be shy. Don't be. Jesus, if you are shy, I'll be shy of you. We have three people. So, what are you waiting for? 
What are you waiting for? Praise the name of the Lord. So it means you have to begin from somewhere. Huh? Come on. Begin from somewhere. When you get up in the morning, be led by the Spirit. I said, when you get up, do one. Come on, do one. And the easiest way you can begin is this. The formula of the fruits of the Spirit. The formula of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, peace, joy, um, endurance, and all of that self-control and stuff like that. You just, you judge it by them. You're pe- are you peaceful? Are you okay spiritually? Are you excited? Are you joyful about it spiritually? Then you, you use those things. You use those things. Then you'll be moving from one level to the other. One level to the other. One level to the other. Then you become so okay. But all of these things that I've said, will happen to you consistently when you imbibe the word. When you receive the word. When you constantly meditate on the word. Hallelujah. Because you see, apart from God's word, they cannot lead you. By your emotions, by your whatever, they can't lead you. There's nothing inside. What is God going to use to lead you? Praise the name of the Lord. So you must become well educated to be spirit led. Be word educated to be spirit led. Tell somebody, be word educated. I didn't say be well educated. I said be word. Be word educated to be spirit led. So when you are word educated, come on, when you are word educated, you can be spirit led. As the word of God comes into you, you receive those, you study the word and you imbibe the word. Then you can be spirit led. Because God is going to lead you by his word. God leads with his word by the spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, are we together? You don't like what I'm sharing with you? Uh Uh-huh. So right now, when you are going to get a friend, or when a friend is going to get you, when you are going to get a job, or a job is going to get you, when you are going to do anything, when there is a project, when there is whatever giving you, relax first, and then check it. Hallelujah. I mean, as time goes on, I'll teach, I'll teach you if you have, have time in the days, I'll teach you. One thing is the voice of your pastor. The voice of your pastor is the voice of God in your life. I'll teach you that one too, from the word of God. Hallelujah. So when your pastor says yes, especially when you trust that your pastor hears from God. Yes, hallelujah. Pastor says no, just know it. Pastor says yes, just yes it. Are you understanding that? But let's put that in the, in the, in the fridge. Yes, be imbibe God's word, receive the word, learn the word, meditate on the word. Some of us here, we look out to seeing the transcendental experiences at the expense of the word of God. 
You have never read the word of God, yet you want to have a vision. When you have the vision, what are you going to do with it? I had a vision. I saw monkeys running all around. Now, you don't know whether the monkey is a junior monkey, senior monkey, or what? When you have the word, the word actually even, it, it, it sanitizes the kind of visions you are going to have. You don't have a vision. Some people have visions like they are witches. Their visions look witchy. Yeah, it looks witchy. Like a woman said, he had a dream and one of my trousers, a part of my trousers was torn. And I just wonder what he wanted to see in there. It's a witchy vision. It's like a, a witch that is having a vision. When you are a word man, the word is able to sanitize your visions. Hallelujah. It's not everything you will see. And what you will see, the word will put it in a very, a different spectrum. I imagine having a vision like what does this prophet say? He had uh, called somebody say, I had a vision in the spirit. Somebody has they've thrown toilet on him. What kind of vision is that? It's a witchy, it's a witchy vision. How can you say that? So, hallelujah. Subject everything to the formula of the fruit of the spirit, number one. But then, if you want to be consistently led into the right direction, what are you going to do? Imbibe the word. Eat the word. Meditate on the word. Be full of God's word. Because when you are full of God's word, it makes it easier to be led by the spirit. The spirit of God can lead you to through scriptures. Yeah, can lead you to. So when when you have the, the word of God in you, it's easy for the spirit of God to lead you. So easy. Some people, because if you don't have, because God and Father don't have the word, when dreams come, you don't even know what the dream is about. Man of God, I had a dream. What dream? I had a dream. I was climbing a very tall building. And as I was climbing a tall building, I was able to climb the tall building. Now I was sweating. I was sweating. But then I realized somebody has poured ice water on me. Then I saw a fridge. Then the fridge became a cutlass. Then, you know, it's because you don't have word. So we are listening to your dream and we are like, hey, God, what, what is the meaning of this dream? From here to here. Huh? So, imbibe the word. Eat the word. Hallelujah. David says, open my eyes so I'll behold wondrous things from your word. There are revelations in the word. Alright? And then, that is able to bring you to a point of being led. To be rightly led by the spirit. The spirit of God will not find it um, um, a, a, a serious job. A difficult task to lead you. There are some people, they are too canal, they are too absent-minded in the world that it is very difficult for the Spirit of God to lead them. Hallelujah. May it not be difficult for the Spirit of God to lead you. Come on, say, may it not be difficult for the Spirit of God to lead you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say, I carry the indicators of the Spirit. One more time, I carry the indicators of the Spirit. Say, I'm led by the Spirit. Come on, say, I'm led by the Spirit. One more time, say, I'm led by the Spirit. I am led by the Spirit. I am led by the Spirit. Say, in the name of Jesus, I subject my mind to the leadings 
of the spirit I subject my mind to the leadings of the spirit I subject my mind to the leadings of the spirit I subject my mind to the leadings of the spirit in the name of Jesus be upstanding everybody I have in me the birth. 